It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Every week during the regular season, uh, Tom Brawley and I, uh, my name's Joe Dolan, by the way, we did these weekly waiver wire and injury podcast dr edwin porus was on them too and during those podcasts i think i started everyone by saying well we've made it through a week and then we made it through two weeks and then we made it through eight weeks and then we made it through 15 weeks of the 2020 nfl season and now we've made it through the entire thing uh the nfl might have been rock headed it might have been steadfast in powering forward no matter what was happening with covid19 um in a cynical way we can be thankful for that um, I, I, certainly my mortgage company is thankful for that, but I'm glad that we've managed to make it through the 2020 NFL season here at fantasy points and the fantasy points podcast. And I'm glad that, uh, I, hopefully we have a normal ish 2021 season to look forward to that is down the road. We'll look to that, but first I want to welcome in Tom Brawley here on the fantasy points podcast. Tom, this is kind of old school for us. We're back on anchor.fm our old platform where you and I did the fantasy free agents podcast. And you know, there's something, there's something nice about that kind of doing it on your own. And we did it on our own for a year and we had a lot of fun. I know we have some fans who, who miss uh, the everyday podcast. Of course we have other responsibilities now, but it's good to be here, kind of be able to take a step back, look at what happened in the 2020 NFL season, Tom, and certainly look at what happened in a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, that part in my French, Tom, was a complete ass whipping. Yeah, it was. I I didn't. I, I thought I it might happen that way with the offensive line issues for the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, you know, I'd be completely lying if I you know told you that uh, it was going to be that lopsided and that you know just that the Chiefs wouldn't score a touchdown. I saw the odds, man, sixty to one that the Chiefs wouldn't score a touchdown wow. in that game and. Uh, you know, you'd have to be a slightly crazy to, to even bet that side. Uh, you know, obviously they settled for the three full goals. Mahomes gave him a couple chances with the passes towards the goal line. Daryl Williams couldn't come up with one. Tyreek Hill the other. But, um, you know, even with those couple chances, uh, the Buccaneers felt in control the entire time. Uh, they even got, you know, stopped at the goal line there on uh, on the fourth down play with Ronald Jones at the goal line in the second quarter. And uh, it didn't matter much. They, they just went right back down the field, got the stop, uh, short field and scored a touchdown. So it, it was a, a complete butt kicking, as you said. Uh, you know, and it, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny that all the touchdowns, all you know, they were they all came from kind of the, the all star team there that they went out and got mm-hmm. Tom Brady. They got. Two touchdowns from Rob Gronkowski, uh, touchdown from Leonard Fournette, who was obviously cut by the Jaguars before the season, and then Antonio Brown, who was basically out of the league for the last you know one and a half years. So uh, you know it was all the guys that were kind of cast off, and Brady and, and company recruited to come uh, come play with them, and they all scored the touchdown. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you know that 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 was how it all kind of played out. Well, we want to maintain our family-friendly rating on Apple Podcasts, so I don't want to—I don't want to bring up what our Pittsburgh group chat. I mean, I'm the Phil—I'm the Philly guy in our Pittsburgh group chat, but um, oh, everybody of course, else you guys beat them in the Super Bowl. 
No, oh yeah, oh, we, no, we, you're we, going the Pittsburgh angle with. Antonio well, I'm, well Brown. I'm going with Antonio Brown. I don't want to say what was said about that, but either Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell was getting a ring. <laughs> Bell didn't play. Um, at least I didn't see him out there. Uh, Antonio Brown contributed though. So, uh, well, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom. We have all kinds of free agency stuff to kind of prep. Uh, And we'll get to that over the next few weeks here on the Fantasy Points Podcast as we look to the 2021 season. Um, And we'll talk about some of the key free agents that Tampa Bay has. All of a sudden, Leonard Fournette is a key free agent for Tampa Bay. Um, Obviously, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin is a key free agent. Um, With Tampa Bay's cap space, I would be shocked not to see at least one of those guys back. Could Kansas City look to improve the number two receiver spot opposite Tyree Kill? All kinds of things we'll look to in this offseason, and I hope you guys follow us follow along with us at fantasypoints.com where you can get in on our early bird special for 20% off. We have so much content coming to you. Tom, though, we'll continue to talk about these two teams as we head into the offseason, Tampa Bay and Kansas City. By the way, your unders really hit in that game, yes. um, except for the run game. Edwards Alaire, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, those those uh, overs hit Gronk, Leonard Fournette in the passing game, and Kelsey in the passing game, but everybody else's unders uh, hit. The total went under. It was an under Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a, a big Super Bowl for the sports books. Uh, I, I know last year was a, a big win for, for the public. You know, not a big win. You know, the, the sports books still made a, a little bit of a profit last year from last year's game with the, the Chiefs winning that 31-20 to 20 game against the 49ers. But, uh, you know, not only just that, just no touchdowns from the Chiefs. So you had all the, you know, anytime touchdown props, you know, uh, you know, with Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, just just none of those. And, you know, those are all, you know, people like to parlay those with, uh, you know, receiving props. And, you know, it, it was just a killer for the public, the uh, the sports books. Uh, the bad guys, you know, win again. They they cleaned house. Uh, you know, I have a friend that was on a gaming control, uh, you know, uh, uh, board meeting there yesterday for for Pennsylvania, and they made out like bandits. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a revenge next year. Uh, maybe we'll get a revenge, uh, you know, when we look at some of these Super Bowl props for uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six, which have already already been released here this year. Well, uh, before we get to the Super Bowl 56 props, we're going to talk some early MVP odds as well for the 2021 NFL season. I want to talk about a move that we didn't talk about uh, in the past couple weeks on the podcast that affects the Super Bowl 56 odds, Tom, and that is the Matthew Stafford trade to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the trade is not official. The trade cannot be official until the new league year starts in mid-March. Um, but everything indicates the trade's been agreed to. Jared Goff's already put out a letter thanking L.A. fans and saying, I'm glad to be in Detroit. But the trade is thus. Matthew Stafford goes to the Los Angeles Rams for two first-round draft picks in 2022 and 2023, a 2021 third-round pick, and Jared Goff. Now, I have people on Twitter because I I did this thing on on my Twitter account where I was like, if you think Matthew Stafford is not getting a first-round pick, you are out of your mind. Well, of course, Jared Goff gets thrown into this trade, and and, and the the Twitterati comes out to me and says, well, you know, the two first-round picks were were to take Jared Goff's contract. No, they weren't. 
they weren't. Maybe, maybe they got, maybe they moved from a, a second third to a second one because of the Jared Goff contract. Maybe the third that was added in was because of the Jared Goff contract. But Tom, this is a trade that the Los Angeles Rams, Les Snead, Sean McVay, clearly believe this trade puts them over the top for the Super Bowl. They believe the quarterback position has held them back the last number of years. And look, they don't value the first round picks. They don't have one until 2024. They haven't made one since Jared Goff. That is that is staggering to me. There are laws in the NBA that you can't trade consecutive first round picks, by the way, because it hurts teams too much. So in the NFL, the Rams are just like blowing it up. They're like, we don't care. We need to keep this window open. We need to pry this window open with this elite top heavy roster we have with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and you got Woods and you got Cup and now you got Matthew Stafford. I, I, Tom, I, I, I'm glad Les Snead exists <laughs> because he does things differently in a league and maybe in sports where sometimes the, the thinking process is just a little too vanilla from franchise to franchise. I am glad there's somebody like Les Snead going for it because from an outside observer, this is a fascinating trade. And I, I think we're, we, we've gotten reputations here at, at Fantasy Points, mostly because of our association with Greg Cosell as Matthew Stafford defenders. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he is significantly better than Jared Goff. I understand that numbers don't necessarily bear that out, but I do believe Stafford is significantly better than Goff. I think this makes the Rams, from my perspective, aesthetically, as a fun team to watch, one of the most fun teams to watch in 2021. And from a fantasy perspective, I am shooting my Rams to the moon. I think this makes them a much better fantasy team as well. Absolutely. And their odds uh, jumped. Basically, they were sitting at like 22 to 1 before the trade. Uh, you know, now they're sitting in that 12 to 14 to 1 range. Uh, third favorites behind the Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers have jumped over the Packers after their playoff run, uh, you know, after they beat the, the three su- former Super Bowl champions and uh, Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, I mean, Vegas agrees. I agree. I, this is this is going to open up different uh, avenues for this Rams offense to attack. Uh, you know, Jared Goff just hasn't been a great downfield passer here, especially the last two seasons. And, you know, Matthew Stafford has ranked among, among the best in, in downfield passing. And, uh, you know, my big question now is who's going to kind of be that guy? Is it going to be Robert Woods? Uh, you know, they don't really have that dynamic speed vertical threat in the offense right now. Maybe that's something that they really go after hard here this offseason. Van Jefferson, uh, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, they all kind of are similar to me. I think Robert Woods has more of the intermediate to deep uh, potential mm-hmm. in this passing game, but it, it's going to be fascinating uh, you know, to see how this offense looks going from Goff to Stafford. But, uh, you know, yeah, Stafford, it, it, it just gone too stale in Detroit. Uh, you know, they were progressing backwards. I, I, I saw you, uh, you know, making fun of, uh, who said it? Brewski, whenever he said he went, he couldn't, uh, hack it as a Patriot. Oh, uh, yeah. Matt- uh, or maybe he just wanted to stay the hell away from Matt Patricia, who just ruined his last three years in, 
you know, is now on that Patriots staff again. I mean, just utterly yeah, ridiculous. It, it was Teddy Bruschi who said, Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, said the, the, the one team that he requested the Lions not trade him to was the Patriots. And obviously it was because of Matt Patricia being rehired by yep. the New England Patriots. And Teddy Bruschi's like, oh, he's not tough enough. And then, you know, you see, like, uh, the dramatic uh, mic'd up. Steve Sable is on the mic'd up uh, Matthew Stafford from his rookie season saying, this is the most dramatic mic'd up we have ever done. And basically it's Stafford throwing a game-winning touchdown pass uh, with with a, a shoulder, a left shoulder was his opposite shoulder, that basically was completely dislocated. I mean, just just... I mean, he is wailing in pain during this thing, and it's it's fascinating. But yes, Matthew Stafford is tough. I think he's underrated overall. But let's look at the numbers. He might be underrated, but he's you know, I, it certainly looks like he's properly rated around the NFL. I mean, there you know, it wasn't just the Rams. There were multiple teams. Uh, you know, the Panthers were reportedly interested. Uh, Washington, Indianapolis. You know, anybody that is in really you know strong need of a quarterback was definitely in the mix there was willing to give up a first round. And, uh, you know, I thought you brought up an interesting point earlier about the first round picks. Uh, You know, we we are kind of starting to see a little bit of a a shift here, uh, you know, and just the the general philosophy here. We're going to see more here with Carson Wentz and, uh, you know, maybe Sam Darnold being on the move. And just Mm -hmm. these quarterbacks are going to start demanding, uh, you know, first round picks. Everybody's in, you know, everybody needs their franchise quarterback here. And teams are starting to look like they're more willing to, trade away premium picks to get proven talent already. So, uh, you know, the thinking was always, hey, you trade out of the first round, you you collect picks. And, I, you know, I don't think that's going to necessarily go away, especially for these, uh, you know, teams that are in the rebuild, like the, like the Lions here who are tearing it all down. But, uh, you know, these teams that are right there in contention, it's, it's no longer the – couple year like you know they're planning out you know it's it's next season now with these NFL teams they're they're looking towards 2021 now uh you know they're not necessarily planning out to 2023 2024 it's it is a bit of a different way of thinking right now well let's talk about some of the numbers while the baseline numbers from Stafford and Goff kind of look similar here I think you can make the argument that Goff has been propped up by McVay's offense now Graham Barfield did a great piece on this trade at fantasypoints.com, and I wanted to dig in just a little bit to one of the numbers that stood out to me a ton. Since Sean McVay took over as the Rams play caller in 2017, LA has used play action 32.6% of their dropbacks. That is a league high. The next closest team is the Ravens at 29.8%, and the league average is 23.9%. So they use it way more than anybody else. And how about this? Per Sports Info Solutions, over the last four seasons, Matthew Stafford's EPA expected points added per play action attempt is .248, which is third best of 30 quarterbacks. Jared Goff's is 10th best at .182. Matthew Stafford on play action passes is 76% on target throw percentage to 69% for Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford's passer rating on play action, 104.7. Jared Goff, 96.0. Play action is the foundation of the Rams passing game across the board. Matthew Stafford is not just better than Jared Goff, Tom. He is significantly better as a play action passer. And you can make the argument in a significantly worse environment than Jared Goff's been in. Yeah, I mean, now he gets to go to one of the most creative minds here. And 
you know, things could really open up for him even more. And, and to take it a step further, you know, we're talking about just strictly the passing game here. I, you know, I think this is great news for Cam Akers. Uh, you know, you, you have a quarterback who is capable of throwing downfield, who's successful off play action. And, and we saw how good Cam, Cam Akers was in December and into the playoffs there when he kind of carried the offense in those playoff games against the Seahawks and Packers now. So, uh, you know, the ceiling is starting to, to really open up for this offense. Uh, I'll be more aggressive with Cam Akers going forward. And, uh, you know, th- this just bodes well for him as well. Uh, how well does this bode for the Detroit Lions and DeAndre Swift to get 300 touches this year? By the way, oh man, Dan Campbell won't help. You know, isn't going to hurt there either. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna certainly feed him the ball, I think. But uh, you know, what do you think about the future of Goff here? Uh, I, I I don't think it's still out of the question that the Lions could really just completely tear it down. Maybe see what they can get for Goff. Uh, you know, kind of mm. see how the play mark. You know, how how the market kind of plays out here for the quarterbacks. You know, it's going to be fascinating with the movement here. Uh, the next piece will be once it sounds like in the next week. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a team or two, you know, after free agency starts and they feel like they're left out of the QB market that they might make a play for golf. And uh, I could see the Lions being interested in maybe moving him, uh, you know, but I could also see them going the other way. You know, they they see him as, you know, a project here to see if we can uh, build him up, you know, former number one overall pick. Uh, obviously you know, played at a pretty high level back in 2018 and, uh, you know, maybe try to build that confidence back up. I could see them going either way with Jared Goff here this off, you know, the rest of the off season. I don't think they'd hang up the phone. Let's put it that way. But I mean, in terms of the Lions offense, and this is why we're not going to get into a huge spiel about the Lions and several other teams, Tom, as we alluded to with the Buccaneers and the Chiefs earlier, free agency. The top wide receiver on Detroit currently under contract for 2021 is Quintez Cephas. Galladay, Jones, and Amendola are all free agents. And frankly, I wouldn't be stunned if all of them left in free agency seeing the writing on the wall for the Lions franchise. Yeah, yeah, I don't see Amendola or Marvin Jones coming back. The the big question is definitely Galladay because they have the power to franchise him. But do they really want to even franchise him? Would they you know, rather him walk and they get, you know, whatever compensation they would get for him would probably at least a third round pick for the uh, kind of production that he's put up here. And, uh, you know, the way he kind of just didn't, uh, you know, he was picked up the injury, uh, hip injury towards the, uh, you know, end October, early November there, and never really seemed like he wanted to come back and play. Didn't want to jeopardize, uh, you know, his uh, first free agency foray into free agency there. So, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a whole lot of interest for the Lions to even bring him back. So that's going to be the fascinating one. I mean, if, I mean, Goff, uh, you know, I, I don't even know if he's a top 200 player. If, uh, you know, if he doesn't even have a Galladay or a Mervyn Jones, I mean, that, that passing game is just going to be all revolved around TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you know, obviously I think the Lions would, you know, uh, dip their toe into drafting some of these, you know, a receiver or two. Early in the draft, obviously, they're going to have more picks available to them, uh, you know, with the Rams' third-round pick. So, uh, and, and it's from all indications, I haven't dunked too deep into the draft class just yet, but it, it seems like a pretty loaded class at receiver. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough sledding for, for Jared Goff. It's going to be a lot of TJ Hawkinson in this offense. It's going to be a lot of DeAndre Swift, and uh, I, I don't know who's going to be that third piece in this offense right now. Uh, Tom, uh, we're we're 
back on Anchor FM. So what that means is Ben Kukanis is back to doing lot of reads for us or from our sponsors. So let's take a quick break. Give Ben Kukanis a chance to test out that fancy microphone. All of you guys remember it from the Fantasy Free Agents. Welcome back to the Ad Reads, Ben Kukanis. Now it is time for him. All right. Thank you, Ben and Tom. Now we look to 2021 and we look at the Super Bowl 56 opening line report. We just touched on some odds here. You said for the NFC, uh, you said Tampa Bay and Green Bay are the favorites, but the Rams are right there at plus 1,200. Tampa Bay 950, Green Bay 1,100. San Francisco at plus 1,300. Here's one I probably wouldn't touch at New Orleans, plus 1,900. I have no idea what's going on there. By the way, these are courtesy of FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, We have Seattle plus 2,000. Dallas plus 3,300, and then you get into Arizona, Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, Carolina, Chicago, the Giants, the team down at plus 8,000, and then a team we just discussed, Tom, pretty much off the board, the Detroit Lions at plus 12,000 to win the Super Bowl. This is not to win the conference. This is to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Tom, anything stand out to you about some of these early NFC odds to win the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, at the top, you're, you're right. The, the first two at the very top that kind of stand out to me are the, the Saints one. 19-1 to 1, uh, certainly looks like Drew Brees is going to retire here. Uh, they have an awful cap situation. We, we know that they're able to, you know, kind of just manipulate it and push the, uh, you know, push the check back to, to next year. But, uh, you know, this, this is a tough spot. Uh, Jameis Winston, it, you know, the indications are now that he might be the guy to, to be the quarterback next year. The Taysom Hill obviously got the starts in the middle of the season, but uh, looks like they want to kind of continue to use uh, Taysom Hill in that, uh, Swiss Army knife role, kind of keep uh, Jameis Winston, kind of insert him into the Breeze role. So, but you know that, that those odds seem a little bit inflated. And the other one that's pretty interesting, interesting to me up top is the uh, 49ers, thirteen to one. It seems like they're already building in. You know, they they probably got you know, they're probably not, but you know, they, they may have gotten burned a little bit with the Rams uh, setting them at like twenty two to one right before uh, the golf trade. Probably didn't take a whole lot of action because, you know, the, the lines weren't out that long before the golf trade came out. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like the 49ers probably should be in that 20 to 25 one, uh, to 1 range uh, without Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo in the fold. But it sure seems like they're anticipating the 49ers trying to make some sort of splash here. And we know that they have a pretty strong roster, uh, got decimated by injuries last year, but uh, you know, they should be back stronger than ever. And uh, they got some key contribution, you know, contributions from some rookies last year and Brandon Ayuk. So, uh, you know, definitely still a strong roster, but they're, they're putting in there that they're going to get a quarterback here. Yeah. And you also have to keep in mind that, you know, I, I only saw a handful of them, but Twitter posts of guys who had 50 to one tickets on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl um, yeah. from last year, obviously pre Brady move. And, um, obviously they might've gotten burned a little bit on that. And uh, you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier on the podcast, Tom, this is a sea change in the NFL. Teams are not, teams do not want to be stuck in purgatory. Like it, we're going to make moves for our quarterback. This is not 
anymore, no longer is it, oh, we have to wait around until we can draft our guy and we have to get lucky drafting that guy. It is not the case anymore. We've seen it with 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 some of this um some of these quarterback movements obviously with Brady with Stafford uh in recent years other trades as well but also you know players becoming empowered Deshaun Watson requesting a trade I guess they say Wentz hasn't requested a trade but he's made it known he's not happy so what what else is he doing Russell Wilson was on the Dan Patrick show talking about well you know I don't know if I'm available or not and that was obviously a prod at the f- the front office in Seattle. Like, hey, why am I not getting more power here? So I-, I think the sports books are trying to account for these teams that, like New Orleans perhaps, Tom, that you look at and maybe it has a strong roster and just doesn't have that quarterback. Maybe they're shorting the odds a little bit for those teams in the event they do get that quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think that's the right approach, though, when you're you're looking at these odds is to look at the situations where it is – pretty strong already and maybe you just need a key piece or two to really change the odds in your favor and yeah he's got these teams that you know in the 20 to 1 range and up you're you're not going to get a whole lot of value at this you know they're not going to improve that drastically during free agency or not but um you know I'm looking a little farther down the board my my favorite you know in the NFC here my favorite long shot uh is the Washington football team I, I couldn't believe how how long their odds were at Fandle. It's 80 to one. Uh, DraftKings uh, has moved them to 60 to one. I, I think Fandle has even moved them up here in the last couple of days. They won the NFC East and the second sh- longest odds in the entire NFC. Yeah, it's just completely absurd to me. I mean, I, I don't know if they watched their defense play this year. I mean, it was, a, it was a top five unit already and they have uh, a superstar in Chase Young and uh, Montez Sweat is also, you know, one of the best, you know, it's the best, one of the best young duos uh, in terms of edge rushers. And, uh, you know, I think they're just, you know, maybe one or two big pieces away from being really strong contenders. And obviously that big piece is at quarterback. Uh, they they gave Taylor Heineke a, a little bit of a contract boost this uh, this offseason, get him two years for $8 million. But uh, they would like for him to be the backup. Uh, they're, they made a play after Stafford. It sounded like they, they offered up a first-round pick and some other compensation. Uh, lost out, but it sure seems like they're willing to make a move. And uh, as you said, they're playing in that NFC East, which is not very strong. They they have a chance to stack wins, and um, you know that I, I like a couple of their key offensive pieces as well. And Terry McLaurin, uh, who you know, frankly, has been held back the, his first two seasons. Have we really seen the best of him quite yet? And Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to really develop into a three-down type of stud at running back. And uh, Logan Thomas was a a bit of a revelation at tight end as well. Uh, So the offense has the makings of being a pretty good one. And, uh, you know, they they, we we saw what they could do on defense. So that that is by far my favorite uh, long-shot team in the NFC right now. Well, let's move over to the AFC then, Tom, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised that Kansas City is the favorite to win the AFC by far, by the way, plus 500, have won the AFC the last two years, Buffalo at plus 11, Baltimore at plus 1,400, and then the Cleveland Browns plus 2,200, and they did take the Chiefs to the brink, so I know Mahomes got hurt in that game, obviously, but plus 2,200 for Cleveland, Tennessee at plus 2,700, how about this? Miami plus 2800 again is there Deshaun Watson odds built into that because 
I certainly don't think the roster's good, but I certainly don't think Tua is a plus 2,800 to win the Super Bowl in his second year kind of quarterback based on his performance this year. Indianapolis plus 2,900. Interesting. Don't have a quarterback right now. And then Pittsburgh, LA Chargers, New England. Um, then the Raiders at plus 5,000. The Jets at plus 6,500. Wonder if there's some Deshaun Watson big baked in there. Probably is because the next team is Houston at plus 7,000. Cincinnati, Denver, and Jacksonville round out the bottom of the AFC at plus 8,000. This one is fascinating to me, Tom, because we just talked about these these potential quarterback moves baked into the line, and you can see it here with Miami, Indianapolis, New England, the Jets, all of those potential quarterback moves it, to me, are baked into those Super Bowl odds. Yeah, and the one that stands out to me is uh, Indy at 2,900. I, I don't think they've baked in enough that they're going to get a new quarterback. I mean, they've they've certainly shown that they're going to be very willing to to make a move here to upgrade the position. Miami's, you know, they, they're – I feel like they're more dipping their toe in the waters here. Uh, they're they're going to – they're not going to break the bank. They, they, they still have a lot of draft capital. They – they think they probably can still build around Tua, maybe get another, uh, give him another year to to see what he has. But uh, you know, if the right deal comes along, I could see Miami, you know, pulling the trigger. But uh, the Colts are the one team that you know I, I would be stunned if they don't uh, upgrade the position. You know, you know Jacoby Brissett is the current uh, top guy there with Philip Rivers retiring, but um, they also have a whole left tackle with Anthony Costanzo ret- retiring, but. They have a lot of salary cap wiggle room here. They they they're top six uh, last time I looked in terms of salary cap room, and they have a really strong roster to begin with. Uh, what you know, arguably the best offensive line. Uh, you know, very intriguing offensive pieces. Uh, you know, we saw what Jonathan Taylor could do at the end of the season. Uh, I think Michael Pittman's going to continue to get better. Uh, you know, they do they do need to upgrade the receivers a bit and. Uh, the secondary got exploited a, a bit at the end of the season, but uh, I, I, I think there's some really strong pieces in that Colts, uh, you know, in the fold there that if, if they're able to get a quarterback here, I would not be surprised to see them get to 20 to one odds, uh, maybe even shorter here. So I, I see some value there. Yeah. And the question is how much are the markets going to value Carson Wentz if he gets moved to Indianapolis, which probably seems like the most likely move at this spot, Tom. Um, okay, so let's move from Super Bowl 56 odds to some MVP odds. And now I'm seeing these from DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, Tom, I'm, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. Um, uh, I don't know how, how deep you've dug into this. You've already written an article about the Super Bowl 56 odds. But I don't know um, how deep you've dug into this, but it's not going to be anybody's surprise that the top three MVP options on the board are Patrick Mahomes at plus 500, Aaron Rodgers at plus 800, the last two winners of the award, and Josh Allen at plus 1,300. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. No, yeah, I I think those guys are the clear favorites. Two of the last three, excuse me. Yeah, those guys are the clear favorites. But, uh, you know, the guy, you know, we we touched on Stafford quite a bit here early. Uh, His odds have obviously skyrocketed up he's at 15 to 1 he's kind of behind the the Russell Wilson's also at 13 to 1 there so he's uh now a top five candidate and it makes sense uh a lot of times these voters they like the new face and the, the narrative yeah exactly a narrative he's kind of been the guy that's been stuck in Detroit and purgatory there and 
uh, three playoff appearances in 12 years. Uh, you know, the, the, the talent has always far exceeded the results on the field. But, you know, now he gets put in the perfect spot here. Uh, defense is going to be able to win them a lot of games. Uh, you know, if he holds up his end, end of the bargain as, a, as the quarterback here, uh, certainly makes a lot of sense at 15 to 1. But, uh, you know, the, these odds look really short in a lot of spots. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just looking at some of the numbers and just thinking Derrick Henry's at 33 to 1. He was at seven. I, I gave him out as a best bet, uh, you know, last summer at 75 to 1. Uh, I don't see him having a much better season than he had last year. Uh, probably, uh, I, I don't. I didn't see the actual end of the voting there. Uh, probably finished inside the top five at the position uh, for for the MVP there. But um, you know, Stafford is the one that that sticks out at the top there. I, I would would have think he would have been uh, probably about twenty five to thirty to one with the Lions here, but now he's snuck up into that top five here. Well, speaking of narratives, Tom, I see Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson tied at plus 1,700. So Dak Prescott coming back from injury. Could Deshaun Watson go to Miami and lead Miami to a division championship? You know, if that's the – by the way, if I was Miami, I would make that move. I know that's a completely separate discussion, but uh, that one stands out to me. Um, Christian McCaffrey at plus 3,300 coming back from the injury. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Tom. How about this tier at plus 4,000? Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston at plus 4,000 to win the MVP. I see Taysom Hill down at plus 12,500. So right now, the book is setting it, setting the line at Jameis Winston as the starting quarterback for the Saints. Yes, they are. I mean, that's that's kind of the whispers here. And, and, and it makes sense to, you know, they're not going to give you a discount there. We've seen that the Saints offense can really put up some video game type numbers. And Winston's been a guy that's put up video game numbers. He put up a lot of interceptions, you know, along with it. But uh, he's capable of, of putting up some big numbers there. So uh, they're, the, the, the tea leaves are certainly indicating that he's going to be the guy that's leading the offense here going forward. Taysom Hill, uh, his odds have shrunk. But, uh, you know, looking down the board a little bit farther here, I, uh, you know, you got Sam Darnold at eighty to one. One that really pops out to me is uh, Matt Ryan at a hundred to one. Uh, mm. You know, still former MVP. That's what I'm thinking. He's a former MVP. We've seen what Arthur Smith can do. I mean, Ryan Tannehill was basically left for dead by the Dolphins. Uh, you know what? What the the Tennessee Titans give up? It was like a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick to acquire him. I mean, he was, he was basically dead. And then he gets an Arthur Smith's offense uh, with some talented guys, uh, Corey Davis, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, uh, you know, and his career gets a second leg here. And uh, you know, this Falcons team has been, you know, (laughs) it's been a real struggle since that Super Bowl loss, uh, you know, bottomed out here, but they have a fourth, the fourth overall pick 35th overall pick. Um, you know, there's a chance for them if they decide not to draft a quarterback here to potentially, you know, further upgrade this offense, uh, still have Calvin Ridley here. Hopefully Julio Jones still has some, uh, juice left in those legs. So, uh, they, they do need to upgrade the, the running back position to, to make that play action threat a little bit better here, but you know, hundred to one odds for Matt Ryan, you know, I've seen, you know, we're looking way down the board here, but I, I think that is one that kind of stands out to me at the very bottom here. 
Well, you also have Jimmy Garoppolo at 12,500. And again, now you said the, the Super Bowl odds for San Francisco, fourth in the NFC, baked into that is the fact that the, the potential that they get a, a quarterback. But their fourth in Super Bowl odds and their starting quarterback is all the way down the board here at 125 to 1 to win the MVP. That stands out to me. The Steelers were 11 and 0 before collapsing this year. Ben Roethlisberger is 100 to 1 to win the to win the award. And Tom, when you're when you're looking at these long shot odds, you always have to what could happen? What might happen? Is there a narrative? Like and, and I think there's a lot of people who profited from this with Lamar Jackson 2 years ago. His odds weren't this long. But Jalen Hurts at 100 to 1. I don't think the Eagles are going to be very good, which is probably why Jalen Hurts is 100 to 1 to win the, the MVP. But what if Jalen Hurts comes out? The Eagles go 10-6. and six. They trade Carson Wentz, which I think is going to happen any day now. They go 10-6 and six in a weak division. Jalen Hurts runs for 800-some yards and 10 touchdowns. Tom, th- there is a way, when you, and when you're making a 100-to-1 bet, you have to talk yourself into some of these things, but you pop five bucks on that. I think you can easily talk yourself into a scenario where Jalen Hurts is kind of the talk of the NFL if he just manages to get these Eagles on track after a very tumultuous uh, 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, and the the narrative will be there. You're right. You know, four-win season uh, last year, if they could turn around, six-game turnaround, get the 10, 10 wins, maybe win the a- uh, NFC East there, uh, That that's a very strong narrative. You know, Philly fans would, he, you know, he'd be the talk of the town after, you know, the Carson Wentz and, uh, you know, the, the debacle there with Doug Peterson as well. So, and you got to just look at the flat-out numbers. He put up big numbers at the end of the year. couple, uh, you know, games where he threw up, you know, over 330 yards as a passer. Nobody saw that really coming. Uh, you know, three straight games, over 60 uh, rushing yards as well. So uh, he put up some, you know, big numbers as a fantasy quarterback as well. And, um, you know, so if they just have a little bit of a turnaround, get to double-digit wins, and, you know, I don't think he's going to continue to put up 300-yard passing games like it's, uh, you know, going out of style here. But if he has uh, the Lamar Jackson kind of season there where, uh, you know, he's highly efficient as a passer and, you know, he's, you know, yeah. close to Lamar Jackson in terms of, you know, rushing production, uh, yeah, certainly 100-1 to 1 is is not, uh, you know, not terrible odds here, especially – I, you know, this is one you probably don't want to wait around on because, you know, once that once trade that's going to drop. Yeah, once that yeah. once trade happens, uh, you know, maybe he's down to 80 to 1, 75 to 1. Yeah. So I think they might start dropping anyway because, you know, people always look at these long shot MVP bets and are like, where can I get some value? There's some value there. Um, uh, Tom, uh, it, it's fascinating to look at, by the way, Sam Darnold at 8,000 to 1, uh, or excuse me, 80 to 1, eight, yeah. plus 8,000. I don't know about that. You Same know, odds as Trevor that, Lawrence and Drew Locke. You know, I don't I don't love it, but I, I do think that there is a possibility that he is traded somewhere where he could you know, potentially have a lot more success. You know, he had a lot of stuff going against him with that offensive line, with mm-hmm. Adam Gase. With, could they keep him? Well, I, yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't like that for his odds. I, I would love no. Washington or somebody else makes a play for him. You know, the Jets are kind of sitting there already at number two. They can get one of those quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would want – if I was betting the Sam Darnold odds, I'd want him to get traded somewhere, uh, you know, to maybe one of these contender-type teams to see, uh, you know, th- that would be quite the turnaround as well. So that, that's why I think those odds might be a little bit shorter yeah. there. There's some baked-in, uh, you know, potential there for him to get traded to a contender team. 
Yeah, so, I mean, Tom, there are some long-shot bets here that are interesting, but, you know, if we talked in February last year about putting money on the Buccaneers because they, they eh, people might have might, called us morons, but the NFL is different now. There is massive player movement every offseason. Frankly, Tom, it's a more fun league to follow than it was I mean, shit, even 10 years ago, it's a more fun league to follow than it was then because you never know what's going to happen. Now, turning on notifications for Adam Schefter tweets is uh, could be worthwhile at this point because there are still some moves to be to happen at the quarterback position, and the odds are baked into that. Tom, it's going to be a fun offseason, and uh, I hope you're following along with us at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points Podcast because we're, we're going to be talking about it all. I love it. You're right, Joe. Yeah, we've always talked about it, that it's a 12-month out of the year kind of league, but now it really, really feels like it. I mean, uh, I'm sitting on Twitter looking for any quarterback news that comes out. So we're starting to get that little bit of that NBA-type movement here where guys are kind of, you know, they're 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 using their power a little bit more. And, you know, as you touched on with the Russell Wilson stuff there, you know, a lot more of these – you know, faces of the franchise type quarterbacks, they want a little bit more say in what the franchise does. So it's making for a more interesting product uh, 12, 12 months out of the year right now. For Tom Brawley, at Tom Brawley on Twitter. For I'm Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. I almost said I was for myself. I don't know if that, that's a great sign-off. For Ben Kukanis. Back reading the ads at BQKanis on Twitter. Follow Fantasy Points on Twitter at FantasyPTS. Make sure you subscribe to FantasyPoints.com on the early bird special. Get 20% off. We're going to have phenomenal Dynasty content in the next coming months. Greg Cosell's draft guide. Wes Huber, our newest full-time hire. He's putting up Dynasty draft profiles. And we're going to be covering every angle from the offseason from both a fantasy and a betting standpoint. And I hope you guys are along for the ride at FantasyPoints.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. It was wonderful to be back with you on Anchor.fm. Hope you guys from the Fantasy Free Agents enjoyed it. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.